Welcome back to our 23rd episode of the Launcher Farm Show, where I interview Mike Clark with Keller Williams. In this episode, Mike and I talk about why farming was so critical to his success, and we discuss a lot of the strategies he used over the years. Mike shares how he built one of the first teams in the area and was a real pioneer in the business. We also talk about what he did to grow his farm to over 55,000 homes in just over a five-year period. We also talk about a super easy way to segment your farm into the most profitable pockets and how to choose the right area for your farm. Mike also talks about how standing out and taking risks in your marketing can get you ahead in the business when you back it up with proven strategies. Plus, a ton of other ideas that you can use to grow your geographic farm. So be sure to listen to the episode, like and subscribe, and enjoy the episode with Mike. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Launcher Farm Show. I'm your host, Ryan Smith, and today we've got a great guest. It's Mike Clark from Keller Williams in Toronto Metro East. So, Mike, take a second, tell us a bit about yourself and a bit about your business. Well, Ryan, I've been in the business now for 33 years. I, I grew up in the East Coast uh, in New Brunswick, moved here, met my wife 48 years ago. Uh, I joined uh, Remax as a realtor in 1987, just sort of the start of the first mini boom. Nice. And I was with them for 20 years. Uh, I started as a buyer agent for the first five years I was in the business. Okay. Uh, went to a Mike Ferry course, became a listing agent. Nice. And uh, I've been now with Keller Williams since 08. Okay. So I guess we're 12 years. Yeah. And I'm a, uh, I have a, a mega team. I'm also an investor with uh, our brokerage uh, with Keller Williams and Leslieville. Awesome. So I always kind of go back and trying to get that beginning stages. Why did you get into real estate? Because I find most people don't have dreams of being in real estate. They kind of stumble on it. So what was kind of that beginning stages for you to, to get into real estate? Well, it was interesting. I was living in Vancouver, <clears throat> pardon me. And uh, my best friend owned several Remax franchises here in the East End of Toronto. And he flew out with his partners to Vancouver. I was living in White Rock at the time. And they took me out on a, uh, like Remax does, this big cruise, whining and dining all their top <laughs> agents, celebrities, smoke bombs going off and yeah. telling me that I could do way better in real estate, earn more money, uh, be my own boss, yeah. and convince me to move my family from Vancouver back to Toronto in 87 and become a real estate agent. Wow. Now, he made me an interesting offer, which is... Because I'm, you know, I'm conservative and I like guarantees. Yep. He told me, this is back, there was no computers back when I, you know, joined the business in 87. Yeah. And what we used to do is we used to run an ad in the Toronto Star, eight lines. It'd have a picture of a three-story home. It would cost about 150000 And from that ad, I'd get about 20 calls. Wow. So I was a buyer. And he told me, if I put an ad in the Toronto Star every Monday for a year that he would guarantee me a hundred thousand dollars. Wow. <laughs> but if I miss one Monday, yeah. one, the deal was off. <laughs> that's so funny. that's, that's how that all came about. That's hilarious. So when you started as a buyer's agent, were you, you said you were on a team then, or was it on your own? No, I was just, there was, there were no teams when okay. I started. It was just individual. You had the little mom and pop, uh, you know, there wasn't, you know, Royal of Page was the biggest in its time. And then there was Remax was new. And uh, so, yeah, it was really, you know, it was like, you, uh, I got trained to work with buyers. Yeah. 
And that's, that's how I started the business. So when you switched to that, to the listing agent, what shifted as far as mentality and, and what you were doing in the business? Like, how did that look like for you to, to make that complete jump? Because if you're just working with buyers, why that change and, and what did that look like for you? Well, it was, you know, it was, it was great because I remember the first year in the business, I probably sold about 20 houses, which was pretty great. Yeah. And then, you know, the next year I sold 30 and then I sold 40. Uh, but I was working seven days a week, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, it wasn't good for my marriage. Uh, you know, I was stressed out. And a guy by the name of John Ferber, I remember, told me about this guy, Mike Ferry. And I, I'd heard he, you know, throws people out of his conventions if they're late. And, you know, he was a real rabble rouser. So John came here one morning and, I, and he calls me. I said, no, I'm too tired, John. I'm not going. Dragged me out of bed dragged me into this, you know, about 2000 people, agents from across the city. And I can remember that I, it was, I remember he said, okay, who works with buyers? And I put my hand up yeah. and he was saying, you've got a list to last. If you're going to have any, you know, if you want to make extra money, you've got to be a listing agent. Yep. And, I, and I said, Mike, why would I want to become a listing agent? I'm, I mean, I'm selling 45 homes a year. You know, I'm doing pretty well. Yeah. And that's, and that's when it started. And he goes, okay, how many homes are you going to sell next year to your buyers? And I went 50. <laughs> and he goes, what about the next year? I go 55. <laughs> yeah. And so I was kind of ridiculed, made fun of, but he took me on personally, coached me wow, and had me do it gradually. Like, so 50% buyers the next year, 50% listings mm-hmm. until I got all listings. He helped me. I had one of the very first buyer agents. I, one of the very first assistants and there were no teams. We had the first team other than maybe Craig Proctor yep. who was at a new market at that time. Wow. So you kind of pioneered some things in the area and in, in the business for sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Total pioneer. Like, you know, just made lots of mistakes, lots of failures and just kept moving forward. So I was going to ask, I, I forgot to ask, did you hit the hundred thousand dollar your first year by putting the ads in the paper? 150,000 first That's year. Awesome. That's awesome. It's yeah. great. <laughs> So I'm sure you made, I'm glad you made that decision then. Yeah. So shifting into, into the listings, obviously we're here talking about farming. So you kind of took that on as you, when you got started in the business, when you started focusing on specific areas, what did it look like for you when you got started into geographical farming intentionally? Well, we started out by <clears throat> door knocking my neighborhood. Okay. You know, like my neighborhood, you know, I was like cold calling to me did not look like a great idea to me. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, so I thought my neighborhood people might know, you know, and so I did my own neighborhood and what I, uh, and, and then that was okay. And then I branched off to uh, an East York neighborhood. Okay. And I went out and I got these really expensive flyers, cost me big money. And I farmed this 1500 geographic people. And, and, and I, I can remember, you know, saying to Mike Ferris, I'm not getting any response. Mm. He says, we have to door knock it, get, send the flyers in. You got to put your face out there. Yeah. So I did that. And then I started to have success. It, it, what it was, it was two years. He said, it's going to take you two years to get the results. Yeah. So within two years, I was, you know, I was, I was known in that area. And then I just copied the system and took it to the next city block. And then the next city block till I had about, I was up to about 55,000 flyers every two weeks. Wow. That's, that's a, how, so how, how long did that take to get to the 55,000? Oh, it, it probably took me four or five years. Okay. 
you know, and I started masterminding with with other people uh, like Sandy Kennedy out in Brampton. And, you know, and then we formed our very first mastermind group, which, you know, Craig Proctor, you know, Dan Cooper from Oakville, Sam McDaddy from Mississauga, you know, sort of got the top people across the city and started masterminding. And for the viewers who don't know, that's, yeah, that's not just couple deals a year agent. So you, you guys, no, are these are a lot of, these are two, three, four, 500 deals a year agents. Yeah. Yeah. So I was a small guy. Well, still relatively speaking, you do, you do a lot of business. So from those, what kind of things did you start learning to put into your farm? Because obviously you're doing the, the door knocking and the postcards, were you doing anything else to, to add on to that or to help build and, and grow that? Yeah. It was all about, um, being different, being like, not like anybody else. Yep. So, so, you know, I, I, I took risk and I, you know, I did all kinds of different marketing and advertising so that I would, I would stand out. And a lot of it was just copying ideas from some of the American agents and that. And, you know, I, and, and so that, that's all I did was I just kept expanding that and literally putting that amount of flyers every two weeks and yep. then backing it up with the signs in the neighborhood. Yeah. And then I, I, I built a team and had them knocking in the same area. Yeah. And I think that's an important part that you mentioned is that you have to back it up with other stuff. And that's why I teach that all the time. It's with farming. It's not just one pillar and some agents will think, well, I'm just going to door knock the area or I'm just going to be the just postcards in the area. It's like, you have to layer in different strategies. And that's one of the things I talk about all the time is strategy stacking where you layer in different strategies so that you're hitting people in different ways and different avenues. You're catching a different, times and, and, and with different ways what kind of things were you doing that was different other than the the, the door knocking as well like were you, you said you were trying to be different so what kind of things were you picking up that you're implementing well, well back then um what really put me on the map was which we can't do today but is expired listings right so i created a program where i was on the uh, computer at that point and by seven in the morning i knew exactly what expired that day and you know east york the beaches riverdale And so I would be on the phone by 8.30 that morning, talking to those people whose home just came off the market. I would then go over and door knock them that day. And then I had a seven-day program where I sent them something every day for seven days. And the most successful piece was a $1 lottery ticket. Nice. (laughs) And, And it was just like a lottery ticket, you know, Sorry, your luck wasn't good. Wishing you all the best. So when I called with the other 20 agents yeah. that were doing expiries, I'd say, I'm the lottery guy. And they'd start <laughs> laughing. Yeah. Because I, I, for me, it's humor. I always like to bring some humor to the situation. Yeah, that's great. So I want to go into the, the growth part of it because that's where a lot of agents struggle as well, where they're, they understand they got to start small and then they, they scale up. So for you, you said you started with 1,500 homes. What had to happen for you to then say, okay, I'm going to grow to the next level and then, and then grow to the next level. So what was the, was there a certain number of deals? Was there a certain number of dollars? Was there certain, like, what, what was it that you made you say, okay, I'm going to expand this time? Yeah, so, what, so it, within that neighborhood of, say, 2,000, if I was doing 20 deals in that neighborhood, yeah. And, and I was getting about 90 cents on the dollar. Nice. So, I, you know, the, the return was there. Yep. Um, so then all I did is just duplicate the same program, take it to the next neighborhood. Now, I made some mistakes. Like I went into a predominantly Asian uh, neighborhood, didn't know, yep. didn't realize why I was. And when I went and door knocked it, 
you know, I realized we have, you know, this, you know, so I made mistakes. Yep. And yeah, so I just kept taking it like literally from one neighborhood. And I, what I did is I divided the air, there was about 50,000 homes in my area and I divided it into 10 distinct areas because nice. the pricing changes in our air, like within four to five blocks, the pricing and the type of home changes yeah. differently. So yeah. I had to suit the particular flyer for that demographic and that those type of homes. Yeah. That's critical. I think that's important for people to understand that too, is that yeah, you, you shouldn't just be doing a blanket message to all the people. And that's, I talk about the, the profits are in the micro farms and that's where you, when you learn to micro have those micro pockets, you can then alter your message. If this is a family neighborhood, if this is a young up and coming area, or if this is a older demographic, you can change your message and how you reach them and really get more out of it. I mean, you can, you can blanket all of them, but you're not going to get the, the most dollar productive uh, return from, from just doing a blanket area. Yeah. And the thing I realized was also, what was your turnover in each neighborhood? Yeah. You know, that was like, I was doing my neighborhood in the beaches, but there was like, I don't know, six houses a year selling <laughs> in, in the area. Yeah. As much as I loved it, I thought this, you know, so I went to East York, which had the biggest turnover. Yeah. And also I stayed in this, in the first time buyer slot. Right. So we worked with first-time buyers. We sold first-time buyers' homes. Yep. So we always, you know, were able to refill that funnel, and it was just continually marketing and advertising to first-time buyers yep. that were buying the type of homes we were selling. Yeah. And that's that's one of my favorites. Is that at average or just below average price point where you're getting those buyers who either maybe they bought something else before or it's their either their first home or that second home and there's an opportunity for them to move up and the people that are there are moving on to something else so it's yeah it's great to, to, to understand the demographics because like you said having that first-time buyer when it's that type of property it's always going to be a first-time buyer property so you're always going to have that turn of, of new fresh buyers if you go after the super luxury more, a lot of times they're living there for 20 years and they're retiring there so it's there's a lot less turnover and it's harder to get in and break in yeah and my so i decided that my niche would be that first time buyer entry on all all levels of my business yep and it's paid off for you mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. that's great still does you know yeah. homes that i was selling for two hundred thousand a year are now selling for a million yeah right and it's and it but and they're still first time buyers yeah exactly the other thing too with the, that first time buyer market is their shelf life of, as a client is a lot longer than if someone's 60 years old and they're retiring, they've only got one or two purchases left. So when you catch them at that beginning point, you've got whole potentially more sales as, as they stay with you along the way. Yeah. And, and the other thing was they were only staying in these homes three, four years, five right. years maximum, right? Yeah. They knew it was an entry level neighborhood. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I used to even categorize each neighborhood for schools and I'd say, when your kids get about this age, you're, you're, we're going to probably upgrade you to a better school district. Right. So, you know, it was just, and so they trusted me because I told them, yes, if you want to get to this price point, you're going to be in a dicier area. Right. So, uh, and, and, and I, so there was no surprises for them. Yeah. So, so that's perfect for, for the next question is one of the things I always talk about is becoming the neighborhood expert and understanding what's really going on in the neighborhood. So what did you do? other than just knowing the schools, like what kind of things did you do to make sure you knew the neighborhood and make sure you were that expert in the area other than just doing the marketing? Well, it, you know, it was, it was important for me to door knock or call the neighborhood and talk yeah. to the people, 
you know, I can remember when I first started out, I, I, I was doing, I, I used to wear a suit <laughs> and, and the customers were going like, you know, Mike, you're an East York. What do you, you know, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it, it, it took some practice for me just to like wear a sports jacket and a shirt. Yeah. But the, the great thing is taking your roots. My roots were East coast. Yep. So uh, being from the East coast and doing East York, it worked hand in hand. These were down to earth people. Yeah. So there, 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 there was a, the, the, the BS, you know, meter was, you know, <laughs> you, know you, you had to show up pretty real for these people. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that I'd say that too, like you have to be authentic and to do your farm, you have to enjoy it. You have to be able to connect with the people. You have to be who you are because if you're not, you said the BS meter is going to go off and there's a lot of agents who try to be something they're not. And I think more people nowadays can pick up on that than like they, people know, like, are you, genuine do you care do you care about the community are you a real human being hmm. and that, that makes a big difference for sure so when it comes to the actual marketing itself what kind of things were you sending out you said you were talking about the flyers every two weeks like what kind of stuff was actually being sent out and, and, and... well i mean i have an area over there of all the flyers i've sent out for the last 30 years and um you know some of the i mean i first started out i had uh i sent for forget me not seeds right, right. To a neighborhood right yep. a little corny right yep. uh but worked at the time and then you know i'd have a breakthrough where um i started advertising my homes like over asking like i was the first one to start and then i would put out you know things like how would you like to have your home go fifty thousand, a hundred thousand over asking now mm -hmm. i got in some trouble for that right and you know my belief is you go into a gray area integrity is very important but yeah. you know you learn along the way but it's it's and and really just even masterminding with with different people as to what they're doing and what what stands out uh, you know I, I stole an idea from sandy kennedy who was a big flyer guy in brampton and he, he his slogan was i'm not like anybody i'm not like everybody else or i'm not like anybody else mm -hmm. right or i had a one that was hugely successful but i got in a little trouble for it was who sells more homes in East York than Mike Clark? Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I got a call actually from uh, Mel Lastman, right? Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. And he said, you know, he said, hi, Mike, how are you? I says, oh, pretty good, Mr. Lastman. Yeah. You know, and he says, geez, I see you're doing really well out there. You know, like I see lots of your signs. Yeah. And they said, oh, yeah, thank you very much. And he said, do you know that logo you use like no money nobody do you know that that's copyrighted and i go oh mr lessman i didn't know that at all. <laughs> you know and he yeah. was a real gentleman he said just just don't do that anymore right so that it was just doing you know like um looking at popular tv shows like i had one you remember the famous movie with jerry Maguire? yep show me the money yep so you know i have a little writer show me the money yep. right you know so it was always being a little different, a little creative. And really the reason I did too, is to keep my own interest level up Yep. because as agents, we, you know, we get bored. Yep. We're, we're, we're shiny object people. Yeah. Right. You know, it's always like, what, what's going to get us excited and interested about the business. Exactly. G Gary Keller says the sooner we accept that we're the highest paid board people, the sooner we're going to do better. It, it can be a very boring job to do the same thing day in and day out. If, yeah. if you're doing it consistently, it can, it can be very boring. So yes. I want to, move forward as you're moving as you've gone through these things what has been kind of the best things that have worked for you over the years and like what was your like hey i could if i could do that again and again i'd be happy like what what's made you the most amount of money as far as tactics in your farm 
Well, certainly uh, Expired program made me by far the most amount of money. Right. Because it's such a creative program. I'd like, I used to get up, I'd have a New Year's party. I get up New Year's Day, mm -hmm. literally get on the computer New Year's Day. Yeah. And I would go out on New Year's Day and do 100 door knocks on expires. Wow. Right. So that, I mean, who else was willing to do that? Yeah. Nobody else was willing to do that. Yeah. So that, that in its time was, you know, or like for, for sale by owners, I, I wrote a booklet on how a for sale by owner would sell their house privately. Yep. And then I would approach them. I'm going to help you sell your own privately. Yeah. And I'd go, you're probably wondering what the catch is. <laughs> yeah. Right. And the catch is really was, you know, if you're unsuccessful, would I be the first agent you'd interview? Yeah. yeah. I, I personally use that strategy and I had the same thing. I made like a 30 page book and I drop it off Popeye. And I, I got that so many times where they would say, wow, like no one's ever done anything like this. Ever an agent's coming here telling me I'm an idiot or I'm stupid and I should be listening with them. And I, my first year in the business, I did 12 or no, sorry. Six listings from Fizbo's out of my 12 deals, my first year, six of them were from Fizbo's because it was just, providing value and helping them and, and being the nice guy rather than the, you're a jerk approach. So yeah, yeah. It definitely works. And then there was a guy who came along with the name of David Knox. I don't know if you know that name at all. But he was a educate. I, I'm really an education based agent. Yep. So I really want to educate my client. Yep. You know, I, I, and so I, I had videos on uh, DVDs for, for the children, right. For, you know, like moving and how traumatic that is. And then I would take all David Knox's material on pricing, you know, with graphs, right? You know, yeah. and no, nobody else was using that at the time. Yeah. So it was always, how do I stand out from everybody else? Yeah, that's awesome. So, so the education base, it, it worked well. Yeah. So what are you currently doing now to, to continue that and continue on the, the education side of it and keep your brand out so, there? So what I'm presently doing, because, you know, times are changing. And it, it's really working on um, getting back to my roots of, of like who I am for people. Right. And, you know, you, you get lost along the way. We all get lost along the way. Yep. And it's like, so I can have my true personality come out for people. Because I thought there was years that all I would go in, like I learned, I was in pharmaceutical sales. I would pitch. I would go, I'd, I'd have a binder this thick and I'd go through page by you know like like you know like i was right yeah. and then i realized that now what i got away with like so i'd be doing say 20 listing appointments a week wow right but i'd only get 10 right so i played the numbers not not effectively so the difference was how do i bring my closing average up or how do i you know so instead of doing 20 you know let's do 15 and take 12 listings yeah so it was really, again, quality as opposed yep. to quantity. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I, I talk about it all the time where uh, there's seven steps in the process of, of selling the home. And I said, if you do 10% better in each one of those seven steps, you can double your business, like 10% more appointments, 10% more conversion, 10% higher in commission, 10% higher in price point. And you go through the, 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 the process of it. You can literally double your business just by having making a 10% change across the board, which makes a big yeah. difference. So, yeah, and it's, it's always understanding what, what do you want as an age? What do you want out of life? Yeah. What's important to you? Yeah. I mean, that is, you know, like I've, I, I've done hundreds of courses. Yeah. Like who, I, who am I this year? 
<laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, so, it, and it's just like, so I can stay grounded. Yep. You know, and uh, so, yeah, that, and, you know, building the very first real estate team. Yeah. You know, hiring the very, I remember the very first assistant I hired. And now I, what used to stop me was that I didn't know or, yeah. or failure would stop. Or and if I looked stupid or I was embarrassed, that would stop me. I gave yeah. that up. Yeah. You know, I was willing to look bad. Yeah. And anybody knows me tell you I'm, I'm willing to look bad. <laughs> so, uh, so that, you know, it was really like, get, you know, make, making big mistakes dusting yourself off yep. uh, getting collaborators in the business i think is really important yeah you know whether it be a mastermind or getting people getting mentors yep. you know i i had a coach every year in real estate always i you know i had a fitness coach i had a nutritional coach you know i had a spiritual coach yeah a life coach yeah so it was always having coaching programs sort of keep me centered and focused and that's, that will then help you find yourself even more and help you grow. Because a lot of agents will get into the habit of doing one thing and then they do it really well and then they stop because something changes like COVID hits. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, what the heck am I supposed to do? And if you're not constantly looking and growing, you can easily get swept out to sea and, and, and lose that momentum. And I've seen agents come and go, I've, I've been doing this 12 years, not nearly as long as you, but 12 years is pretty good for the, for the business. And you see agents come out with a bang for their first year. And then all of a sudden they just get in the habit of what they're doing and that they're not changing they're not growing they're not adapting. And then all of a sudden, two years later, three years later, they're, they have to a quarter of what they used to do because they just lose the momentum. So, yeah, you know, and I can remember, it might even have been I'm trying to remember, someone told me take five or 10% of your income and, and invest that in personal growth. Yeah. You know, and that was like, you know, I've done strategic coach with, 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 Dan you know, I, I've, I've done, and then you're, and then you're in a peer group or so we are in peer groups of how much money you were making. Right. So if you made 200,000 a year in that peer group, yeah. you, make, you know, you make a million a year, you're in that peer group. Now, the great thing was none of them were realtors. That's, yeah, that's good. You know, so it, it, it was really, and then probably one of the biggest breakthroughs for me was uh, Gary Keller. You've heard of the, the, the one thing. All right. Uh, his was focusing on your uh, unique ability. Yep. You're like, I have, I, I do about two things. Well, that's it. I do like <laughs> two things well. And so it's, and then staying out of anything yep. that I don't like, doesn't interest me, you know, and putting people in positions that are good at that. Yep. That's great. And that that's critical too. Yeah. Is not trying to be, the who the be all for everyone it's figuring out what are you good at what works for you and finding the people to to make sure they do take care of the rest because if, yeah. if you're average on everything else it's going to bring down your average overall so you got to mm -hmm. find out what you excel at so for you when it comes to going back let's because you've been doing this for a long time and, and you've seen the, the industry change how has the the long-term effects of your initial farming paid off like have you had a lot of families and friends and stuff from that initial when you first started in that first few years has that been have you tracked that to see what your business has been like now from those people like you know what i mean like have yeah you, and, you know people if i would say what is the you know people always ask you do you have any regrets in life right <laughs> and 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 my my biggest regret was not paying attention to my 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 clients my database right you know i was 
an agent that was always going for something new. I, I always wanted new business. Yep. And I mean, when COVID hit, thank goodness they remembered me. Yeah. Right? You know, like, see there, they weren't interviewing agents. Yeah. You know, they were, they were calling a trusted name that they knew. Yeah. And that, that, that was in itself. And because I was locked down on COVID, all of a sudden I start calling my clients Yeah. and having these great, and, and, if I give you another, I'll give you a little tip. I'm sure everybody is like, I used to call my client base, but the thing was how many contacts would I get that day? Yeah. Cause I was in the trainers that were based on contacts. Yeah. All right. Now maybe in its day, in its day, it has merit. Right. Yeah. Uh, but what happened? I wasn't connecting with them. I was like, I had a script. Like I, I, I ran off a script with my clients. Yeah. You know, I mean, I had lots of real conversations, but you know, like it was always about eventually, you know, real estate. So during COVID, it was I, I, I just started talking about their lives. Yeah. And how what's this showing up like in your life? And and instead of me able to make my 20 contacts for the day, I was making five yeah. in a two-hour period. But they were quality, you exactly. know, they were quality conversations. And that's the biggest shift I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I interviewed Jessica Starr. And she talked about um, how she's shifted to help. Well, she's always been helping the community, but she shifted to helping some of the small businesses and was trying to promote them because some of the people were getting hit because of COVID with the restrictions, things like that. So she put together some promotions and, and plans to try to get them in there. And uh, she said she had a, she basically saved their business. And they said, we are like forever indebted to you because just the promotion she did drove enough people there to keep them, to be able to keep their lights on. And she said that, makes her just feel that much more better. It's better than a transaction. She said, now they're going to tell everybody and their brother how great she was. And they're going to do her marketing for her down the road because she doesn't have to do that. And mm -hmm. that, so it's yeah. Shifting to the, to give back to your clients in the community is a, is a huge part of it. So for you, if you would have one piece of advice for, for our listeners to, if they're thinking about getting started in farming, they're trying to narrow down what they're doing. What piece of advice, piece of advice would you have for them? I would probably pick a, a, an area that's uh, probably young families yeah. um, with decent turnover. And I would, well, I, I was going to say a door knock. COVID is, you know, um, but it'd be a combination of, 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 of door knock, um, calling the neighborhood, yeah. um, and asking the, 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 the What's important to you, right. you know, like finding out what's important to them. And then, which is why I've connected up with you is how can I bring that into uh, social media? How can I get, how can I, because, you know, I, I stopped delivering flyers for three or four or five months. Yeah. Right. So it's like, how can I get like a following? Yeah. You know, how can I get people, you know, I always think, boy, if people really got to know me. They'd, they'd use me as their realtor. Yep. If they only got to know me. Yep. So where I'm challenged right now is in this world, how do I get out there so people get to know me? Yeah. And it was one of the big reasons I contacted you. Yeah. So that's great. And that's, that is critical to it. And that's where creating that, not just the push message of I'm in real estate. It's how can you connect with people and connect with them past just a real estate transaction to build that, that trust in, in that community. So mm -hmm. it's great. So one of the things we have is a, your best book segment. So what's one book that you would recommend that's either changed your life or you think would change our viewers' lives? All right. So let, <laughs> let me grab. So I'd say one of the most pivotal 
uh, is start with why. Yes. All right. That this right. is an unbelievable. I recommend this highly because this takes you through the exercise. This talks about companies that became trusted. Yeah. Had an identity. Yeah. And were known for more than just not, not just their quality product. Yeah. So that that book. I mean, you can see I've got you know that this is an amazing, yeah. absolutely amazing book. Uh, I read this was, you know, I, I go to a seminar and this is called never split the difference. Yes. That's good. Chris boss. Yeah. Right. You know, now, you know, I read it through, and I mean, this, this guy was an, you know, dealing with hostage taking and, you know, and I thought I'm, well, how am I going to remember this when I'm in the middle of a negotiation, <laughs> right? Like what type of person are you? What's you know, I it's, that's too complicated for me, but it was a good yeah. read. Yeah. It was a good read. But good. somebody that are like, look upon themselves as, I, I look at myself as a, a great facilitator. Right. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like I grew up shopping at Eaton's and Simpson's, so I don't know how good a negotiator I am. <laughs> right. I yeah. mean, I do get top prices for homes for people, but yeah. you know, uh, and then I, I'll go something. I don't know if you heard of Brene Brown. Yeah. That's a yeah. So I'm always reading something spiritual. You know, because I I, I want to stay grounded, and that's what you know. I do a lot of. I don't know if you've heard of the landmark form. Yep. Yeah. So I do all. I'm doing a course they've got right now called Wisdom. Nice. And that's 8 a.m. Monday to Friday every day of the week. You know. Wow. So just to, just staying grounded during this period. And I just picked this one up. Kevin LaRose, big agent in Mississauga, poor credit. Uh, the seven levels of communication. Yeah, that's great. This, this is my next, you know, my next read. Like if you came to, I have a libraries and, and I've got, I listen, I start five books yeah, and, and you know, and then I pick up another book <laughs> and then I pick up another book. So I'm halfway through 10 books. Yeah. That's, I love my books. I love reading. My books. <laughs> I've got a bunch on the go. So that's great. Yeah. Those are all great recommendations. So yeah, that's awesome. So how can our viewers check out what you're up to or connect with you if they're interested in uh, easiest way is uh, mikeclark.com or, or my email, Mike at mikeclark.com. Awesome. We'll put that in the notes and get people to check that out. So Mike, I really appreciate you being on the show. It's been great. It's awesome to see where you've come from and, and how you've adapted over the years and just see your, your energy and the, the passion that you still have for the, the business after so long, because a lot of agents can burn out quickly. So it's awesome to see you're, you're still excited about it. So thank you for being on the show and I really appreciate it. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate it as well. Thanks for checking out today's episode. If you'd like more videos like this, be sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out our Facebook page and our other social media channels. Looking forward to bringing you more great content like this and happy farming.